It is exactly 7.40 right here on Metro FM Talk, uh, taking a look at some of the top stories uh, that have been making headlines on this day. Now, joining us on the line as we enter Business Wrap is Pinda Mangoloti, who is the Head of Trading at Merit Securities. A very good evening to you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hello, Tommy. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm having a fabulous day, apart from the fact that these unemployment figures were literally horrific. Um, wow. The the rate right now has jumped to what has been reported to be an 11-year high of 29%. Now, if we look at the first quarter of, of this year, we were sitting at 27.6%, and already we thought it was incredibly high. But now, in the second quarter, we've gone e- even higher. Um, what could be the factors that have been attributing to this? Achievement. Um, quite a number of things, in fact. I mean, I think uh, the, the, the biggest one is that huge shocker that we got in the first quarter in terms of, uh, in terms of GDP, where the economy contracted by 3.2%. Uh, so it was always going to be hard to see this particular number recovering uh, within, within three months. And as, you've, uh, and as you've pointed out, I mean, first quarter, we're sitting at 276 And if you look at um, the same period, um, last year, uh, the unemployment number was at 27.2 percent. So it is it, it is a rather gloomy number, right? And even if you look at um, even if you look you, you break it down, um, there's, there's there's hardly any good news out of this number. Um, where for the second quarter, at least we added about 21,000 um, jobs to about 16.3 million people that are employed. But if you look at the number of unemployed persons, unfortunately, that number increased by a whopping 455,000 to around about 6.3 million people um, in the country that, um, that are, are unemployed. Um, you did ask what are some of the reasons for that. I did give back the backdrop of um, a declining economy. And if this year you were to do any search of sort in terms of uh, planned restructuring or planned um, um, job cuts, literally almost every other company is going to be um, laying off people. Uh, quite interestingly as well, as well is that um, as recent as last week, I found if memory serves correct, um, was that the president also um, announced that there will be people who, who are going to lose their jobs. Mm. So it just keeps getting worse and worse. And uh, from, from where I'm sitting, unfortunately, it is it is hard to see any sort of like um, uh, bright spark or bright spot within the numbers itself. And and what I found quite interesting as well, looking at the Stats SA report, is that the total labor force or, or people who are employed and are actively looking for, for work actually increased to 476,000. Um, you know, people now to being 23 million people. Um, which, which is encouraging in a sense that because well, well, what then you would need to sort of like compare that to is then the number of individuals who are discouraged in terms of looking for a job. But if we see that number um, increasing, so basically that means a Tinder who is sitting somewhere um, at home now has decided, you know what, um, enough of sitting um, on my butt and watching TV the whole day. Let me actively go out there and uh, and look for a job. Right? And I think the, the other step that we would normally read from you know from from other countries is um, a step around um, or between 
uh, formal or yeah, formal and also part-time work. Uh, part-time work is largely seasonal, but it adds um, to you know to, to to some of the employment gaps that we are seeing. And normally, you would you would then look at uh, the full-time employment. Um, if that number is increasing, that's more sustainable. Because remember now, um, um, either a Tami or Pinda will now be employed for the next two, three coming years. But like I said, from the beginning of my question, that for me is encouraging, right, in the sense that we're not just sitting there, right, we are actively looking for a job. So that, that speaks to, I guess, the psychological mindset of, of South Africans, you know, that you may be in, in despair, but you're not despondent. There's still hope, you know, individuals are still going out there wanting to improve their lives. But what I found quite discouraging is the fact that, you know, young people, the unemployment rate for young people is sitting at 56.4. And the, 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 these are young people whose lives are ahead of them and there's, there's, there's no hope for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I, I, there's no sugarcoating it. Um, there is a huge, a huge burden on the new administration um, to come up with ways of either creating jobs, which is not their primary focus, um, which is the, where their primary focus is more around um, policy and laying a, a, a framework where jobs will be created by private sector. Um, so, like you said, it's it's it's, it's it really is a, is, is a sorry state, um, and to the point that to a point that somebody who now is graduating they're actually not looking forward to that, which is quite sad because you've just committed a good three years of your life or four or five years of your life, depending on the program that you're doing, where you actually achieved and passed it, and now you are faced with the daunting task of that you might be sitting down for the next two years where there is no jobs in the economy. So it's, it's, it's quite sad. It's quite sad. Something really needs to be done um, as a matter of urgency. I know we talk about this almost every other week, uh, but literally government and business sector, they need to find a common ground where we can get ourselves out of this slump. Now, what we will be doing, Pinda, is a bit later on in one of our features later um, under the microscope, we'll focus on the unemployment crisis and perhaps some of the possible solutions um, that can be there for, for South Africans. But that's a little bit later on. I'd like us now to, to talk about the, the, ESCOM, uh, the, the ESCOM results that were released today. Analysts were predicting that there would be a plus minus 20 billion rand loss that was reported and they lived up to their expectations. Uh, give us some of the, the dynamics and what your take out was, because it was actually quite a comprehensive uh, you know, report that was given uh, beforehand. Jabu Mabuza spoke as well as the outgoing CEO, Hatebe, also spoke. And, and so it was quite comprehensive. Your take on the state of, of ESCOM and its performance so far. Um, it's, it's, uh, again, um, another report where it is unfortunately hard to find any positives. I mean, um, I guess one would need to sort of like go back a little bit. Um, if you if you remember um, in the mini budget, uh, so in, in in the budget earlier in the year, um, the the finance minister um, indicated that state-owned enterprises, including telecom, will be getting a bailout from uh, from government. And you fast forward that to last week. We, um, we, the, the, uh, the, the finance minister um, also tabled um, a, a bill in parliament where indicating that there will be an additional amount that will be going towards state-owned enterprises, including ESCOM. And to, to just to indicate how dangerous that 
um, that scenario is in terms of our fiscus is immediately um, after after that announcement, or rather two, three days after that announcement, two rating agencies came out. Moody's uh, warned that what we have done or what the minister has announced, it is credit negative. Uh, and also Fitch rating, they went ahead and then further downgraded our outlook. Remember, Fitch, they have us on junk state. They, they downgraded our, our, um, our outlook to negative. Um, which saw the rent literally blowing out from around 1388 to the US dollar to where we're currently trading now at, uh, at around about 14 rand and 20 cents. So basically that is, that, that, that's, that, that's, that's the risk that ESCOM is posing to the economy. Right, and coming back now to the numbers, 20 billion rand, it is a huge amount of, um, of loss that the, uh, that the SO, uh, the SOC has reported for this financial year. Um, and if you compare that to last year, last year, the numbers do not really compare because last year they, they, that's come only just about 2 billion rand. And then you come to this year, that's about 18 billion rand plus that they've added on top of that. Mm. And but, but, I'm, well, I, but I must yeah. say um, that when you were listening to, to Pagamani describe and go into the business model, um, the, the, the income versus the, the, the costs and, and the expenses, it could be very easy to see why um, you know, the, the losses are so huge. But I'd like us to get into the, the current business model and their and the structure uh, just after this break. We are in conversation with Pinda Mangolotti as we take a look at some of the top business stories of the day at the moment we're looking at ESCOM and we'll continue interrogating that just after this. It is exactly 7.52. This is Metro VM Talk. I'm Tamin Gubeni sitting in for Ayabonga Tawe. In conversation at the moment with Pinda Mangoloti of uh, Merit Securities and looking at the ESCOM results that were announced a bit earlier on. Now, Pinda, just before the break, I, I mentioned the fact that Pagamani had to be mentioned that the income that ESCOM receives is, is, is nothing compared to the costs that the company actually bears. And when you are looking at that business model, it doesn't look like it's it's going to be, you know, breaking even anytime soon. At the moment, it's not even able to pay the interest on its loans, um, let alone anything else. Yeah, um, can I agree more? Um, it, it, it's, it, it's unsustainable um, in, this, in this current structure. Um, and look, there's unfortunately two things that are forming in a way that are currently hitting ESCOM quite hard. Uh, most of these are more legacy issues. Um, one is right now the our municipalities they owe ESCOM now collectively 22 billion rand, and if you go back to last year, this number was around about 13, 14 billion rand. A huge jump again. Uh, and remember, um, one of the key um, let's call uh, features of an SOE uh, is that it needs to provide uh, to the greater populace, uh, and one and uh, one of the other. Um, uh, let's call uh, undertakings um, put together by ESCOM um, in terms of recovering that money um, included uh, included um, disrupting power, um, which unfortunately in this current economic climate um, you you can't afford to do that because then you would have uh, you know um, residents um, going ahead and connecting illegally, which that in itself poses problems. Secondly, for me is your call contracts, which unfortunately um, were signed way back and they were signed at rates which are below where the market is. So basically that's costing ESCOM um, in itself. And also quite recently, 
um, the the maladministration or the the fraudulent contracts are for some for, from some of the service providers. Um, even though ESCOM has um, has to date recovered, I think in excess of 500 million rands. I think from the from the likes of uh, McKinsey uh, Consulting, while um, the the courts quite recently um, pronouncing that. Um, trillion, they need to pay close to a billion rand um, in some of the contracts that they got from uh, uh, from ESCOM. So those things are not going to be resolved, unfortunately, um, immediately. And we also talked about the the current structure of uh, of ESCOM. Um, quite quite interesting as well is, is the fact that some of the proposed restructuring of the um, of the uh, of the SOC SOC is that um, it was supposed to have been implemented by now. But that had, or that was awaiting an appointment of um, of a chief restructuring officer, right? And with ESCOM specifically, um, because of the announcement from uh, from Tijon Dorin last week, um, they have, as of this afternoon, employed or, or announced um, an employ- employment of uh, of Frina Nombula, who is the CEO of Saika, and he is quite well known and quite. Uh, has worked with the uh, with the minister of uh, with the with minister Gordon uh, in the past. So with that ROC, what it comes with is then the additional bailout um, to ESCOM. So now what uh, what was what, what was holding the process up was the appointment of the uh, of the um, uh, restructuring officer, and now we will see now in terms of implementing now the proposed structure, proposed restructuring of ESCOM to. Up to three units, um, which is transmission, um, generation, and also um, just for the third one now. So that that uh, I think that 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 would be a savings saving grace going forward. Right? However, the company would need to still um, reduce the cost that is currently incurring. And you touched on uh, some breaking news there, which is the announcement of a, a chief restructuring officer for ESCOM, and that has been an appointment made by Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordhan. Now, what is the difference between what is expected of the CRO and the CEO? And, and maybe if you could give us a little bit of background as well about uh, Freeman Nom Valo, who is now the man at the reins as far as uh, restructuring and transforming the business. Okay, so so the CRO is then going to be a standalone officer, uh, sorry, office, um, with then headed up by Freeman um, and uh, and the team that he he would appoint. Um, what they will basically do from an arm's length, they will be working with ASCOM board uh, and also the CEO. As I said, the the, the current plan now is to break up um, the state-owned enterprises into those three units. Uh, and also restructuring the, the the current balance sheet, which is something that was mentioned by the outgoing CEO of uh, of ESCOM, but there were no details. Remember, I uh, I said um, the, the the announcement only came after um, the results presentation. So that's that's going to be the difference. The the CEO will continue um, to run with the day to day operations, whereas the restructuring of the organization that then will be overseen. By the uh, by, the um, uh, chief restructuring officer, that's going to be on the side.
I found this quite interesting when Opagamani Hate was looking at the challenges that face ESCOM in the future and the sustainability of ESCOM in the future. He said, we are facing the death spiral, and that's what he called it, saying that South Africans yeah. are actually moving off the grid. And, and this is not just for moneyed people in affluent areas, but the fact that the RTP houses that have been built now also have solar systems. Now, that's a, a huge red flag for the future sustainability of uh, an institution and a company such as ESCOM? Yeah, absolutely. Um, then this, this basically brings in the mixture uh, of energy solutions going forward. Um, that, um, you know, um, solar is one thing that's coming in prominently. Uh, and also, um, sort of like throwing in the mix in terms of now the independent power producers, uh, which then we um, sort of like then takes away from the over-reliance of, uh, of ESCOM alone. Uh, so that's that's unfortunately it, it, it it's going to be a way forward um, or rather a solution going forward and also something that would perhaps see ESCOM um, not being uh, not rather not, not be seen as a debt hungry um, organization that it is right now with current um, debt standing about 440 billion rand and that is costing them quite a lot because. For, for for the twin, uh, I think 20, 20, 2019 and twenty twenty financial year, um, the company had anticipated something about eighty five billion rand in terms of just interest or, or or cost of servicing that particular debt. And for this current financial year, that number stands about seventy two billion. And if you look at what they generated in terms of revenues at about thirty two, literally that, that doesn't compare. I and mean, literally you everything that comes in um in the company, it goes out to two point or two and a half times out. Mm. Uh, I, so, I, I, um that that's unfortunately unsustainable from any business. It does mm. not necessarily need to be ESCOM alone. I, I must say, Pinda, when we look at ESCOM and you know, I'm gonna talk from a very optimistic perspective and hope that there is a turnaround. I think, you know, if and when they do manage to turn around turn it around, it will be, you know, the biggest turnaround I think this country has has pretty much seen. Uh, because looking at where they're going now, if they really do manage to turn this around, it would be a huge feat. But before our time ends today, just a quick comment from you uh, regarding Old Mutual. I mean, the court has ordered that Old Mutual reinstate um, Peter Moyo. He later on said, Peter Moyo, that he'll be back at the office tomorrow. But now we find out that Old Mutual will be appealing um, the high court ruling on, on Tuesday. Okay, this, this is now an unending um, comedy. Um, look, uh, again, it's, uh, I guess it's um, one nil um, to Peter Moyo, um, part A of his application um, in terms of uh, the dismissal being unlawful, court ruling um, in his favor, so a tick to his name, and also um, uh, preventing or mutual in terms of filling his position, also a tick close to his name and being reinstated as well. But it's really going to be a, a, a very uh, confusing day tomorrow um, when uh, when Peter Moyer walks in, into the head office. But um, according to uh, according to the application, I mean, like this is more on a temporary basis, uh, whereas there's still part B of this, which is coming, which will be something that will commence 60 days after uh, this favorable judgment. Now, um, Peter Moyer basically will be going back to court where he now would be lodging that the current board um, of, of mutual be, uh, be be considered delinquent, um, and also um, and also the the the, the fact that 
um, what had happened since May this year um, in terms of his brand personally that has uh, that has actually hit him quite hard. Um, so it, it it really is going to be a a a, uh, a a very strange day tomorrow um, at uh, at Old Mutual. Right? And if you justify share price today uh, down about five percent, I don't think shareholders actually um, like what's happening first, and also know what exactly is going to be going on or uh, is going to be uh, is going to transpire going forward uh, with regards to uh, to this um, infighting between the board and uh, and the gets reinstated CEO Peter Moyer. And, and as you so um, rightly pointed out, Pinda, it's all about how uh, the share price is affected by that. So as the court, you know, battles continue, let's also continue watching how the share price, you know, fluctuates or, or does not fluctuate accordingly. But thank you so much for the business wrap this evening, Pinda.